Welcome to REI Energy and Climate Podcast. I'm Lin Jiaqiao from REI, Rock Environment and Energy Institute, a Beijing-based independent think tank with the main focus on climate policy and energy transition. I'm with my colleague Zhang today. Hello, everyone. This is Zhang. Last episode, we reviewed the topic of China-U.S. climate diplomacy. Is it a cooperation or a competition relationship? We talked this issue from several angles: so strategic and cultural, respective domestic climate action, and two countries' coal policies. Yeah, we ended with a coal power in the last episode, and in this episode, we are just focus on the coal issues. Because、uh, this is a、uh, the key topic about climate change, especially on coal power. While U.S. and China negotiation turned out disappointing, China's new announcement on the UN General Assembly gave a very significant message to the world. China wants to work with the rest of the world to address the climate change. President Xi、uh, just commit to. Stop investing the overseas coal power project, and、uh, so this is a big thing. That's right. It's a breaking news in China. So on Chinese media, you can see all kinds of news and analysis last week. So since last year, similar time, that was September the twenty second, President Xi announced dual carbon goals, meaning peak carbon by twenty thirty and carbon neutrality by twenty sixty. So some even suggest September the twenty second to be the carbon neutral day to celebrate each year. So behind these news coverage, it is worthwhile to look at the reasons behind China's new move. So that's the main reason of doing this episode, Mian Zhang. So Zhang, what do you think on the announcement of ending overseas coal building and financing? Yeah, when we think about the. Rationale behind this, we don't know who plays a role in this move.、Uh, is UK or EU? Definitely, maybe not US. As we discussed about the China's new、uh, carbon neutrality goal last year, we mentioned the the very important actor behind China's decision、uh, was EU. But anyway, that's a very promising step forward from China's side. At least, it demonstrates China's、uh, willingness in a global climate change、uh, governance to really want to、uh, work with、uh, other big emitters to address these issues. But you know, as many observers or experts regarded,、uh, this is a very good signal. But the elephant in the room. Is the coal mining and the coal power development within the country? So China is still building up new coal power in the recent years, and the existing coal power fleet is so huge that China's、uh, coal power use use and consumption still is the biggest single carbon emission contributor, not only in China but also around the world. So I think this is a very important thing when we discuss this in this episode. So thank you for pointing out the elephant in the room, which is the domestic coal development, the coal consumption in China. 
but we'll cover that front um, I think at a later stage of this episode. So firstly, let's look at the the possible reasons of uh, President Xi's a new announcement on overseas financing coal power. So to me, there are two possible reasons from China's side. So I read lots of news and articles and. I think these two reasons convinced me more than the others. So the first one is the renewable energy related. So China could promote more renewable energy overseas if China ends the building and financing coal power overseas. So this is one of the arguments. And the second one will be the economics of coal power assets. Majority of the finances of overseas coal power, they are state-owned banks. Uh, some of them, they are policy banks. Some of them, them they are commercial state-owned banks. So for them, the overseas coal power assets might be having the risks of being classified as stranded assets. So that's a, a term you might heard in the several, in the past several years. So that's two possible uh, reasons. I think. These two reasons link to the policy move from the cost and benefits perspective. Um, probably, it is necessary to look at some background information on this front. So, John, could you share some of your findings of the overseas development of China's energy projects investment? How significant is China's move? We have to look back to the uh, history. So, before China's Belt and Road Initiative already um, China investing the overseas energy projects, including coal. But the quick development of the coal overseas investments starts in 2012 and 13 when BRI became a strategic movement from China. So the BRI investment in coal trend、uh, has changed in the last seven and eight years. So. Based on the data from a think tank at Central University of Finance and Economics in Beijing, we had a podcast on their findings actually about half a year ago. If you are interested, just check the episode、uh, number fifteen. So the total trend, including energy,、uh, in twenty twenty, China's investment in the one hundred thirty eight countries of a BRI were about forty、uh, seven billion U.S. dollar. Its job. By fifty four percent, compared to twenty nineteen, and Chinese investment in the under the BRI is still focusing、uh, Asia countries. So more than half the funding goes to the Asia countries, and among the BRI countries,、uh, particularly in the coal power investment, Vietnam, Indonesia, Pakistan, the Chile, are the top four countries of the financing re- recipient. You know, Vietnam was the the biggest coal financing recipient in twenty twenty, and although the total number has decreased、uh, compared to the previous year, so this is a basic situation、uh, about the BRI investment in energy sources and also in the coal power in recent years. I remember the energy related investments from the CUFE report. Uh, in twenty twenty, the energy investments were about twenty billion U.S. dollars, over forty percent of total. Well, three to four years ago, the investment was doubling the size, 
and that means the energy investments, the total volume was、uh, much bigger、uh, years ago. So in 2020, the majority of energy investments went into hydropower, which is around 35 percent, followed by coal, which is around 27 percent, and solar 23 percent. And accordingly, investments into renewable energies constituted the majority of the investments on energy and power sector、uh, in the BI in 2020. But back in 2015, coal investment overseas amounted to 20 billion US dollars.、Uh, with the quick de- declining trend, if you see the graph, so I checked the statistics from the Ministry of Commerce. Of China, so their recent data was about 2020. So their majority of coal investment by the contract of volume in 2020, coal is still half of the total energy investment.、Uh, the CUFE's data was much lower.、Uh, they were using the data from AEI, which is American Enterprise Institute, and that's an interesting choice, right? Because it's um. It's a foreign think tank in the USA, and it's a right wing think tank. Yeah, I think discussing China's overseas、uh, investment, particularly in the energy sector under the BRI, is quite problematic in regarding the data source or the credibility of the data. You know, I also checked、uh, the database from Boston University. Where homes a research center about China's global finance or global investments, so that center give also a very interesting picture based on China Development Bank and the Export Import Bank of China. This is two major policy driven、uh, investor or financiers from China's government, and from two thousand fifteen to two thousand twenty. Uh, the coal investments increase、uh, from about three point four billion U.S. dollar、uh, to about six point nine billion U.S. dollar in two thousand seventeen, but since then it's、uh, decreased to about only four hundred seventy million U.S. dollar in twenty twenty. So regarding the percentage of the coal power investment or coal mining. In the BRI, by 2020,、uh, the percentage reduced to only 10 percent. When in 2019,、uh, that percentage was almost 40 percent. So you can say the different sources, different data,、uh, have quite different picture, but the trend is is almost same. So China has used their resources to invest in the. Overseas calls,、uh, that golden age has passed. So since two thousand nineteen, the investment in the coal power in not only in the Asia countries but also in Europe and the Middle Asia and Africa already shrinked in a very big scale. So according to the same institute,、uh, International Institute of Green Finance,、uh, it says. From twenty fourteen to twenty twenty, those seven years, China's、uh, invest overseas investment in the coal power、uh, account for、uh, about one hundred sixty billion U.S. dollar. That's a huge, but the research in- institute says over the h- half of that funding either is stranded or 
cancelled. That's very interesting data because that's tell a very different story. Because in on top of that big investment commitment, only very less than fifty percent maybe went into the next stage. Ah,、uh, but since two thousand fourteen, the institute said among all fifty two coal power projects, there is only one until now in operation. This is also a very big gap. So that means maybe、uh, when China say okay, we want to explore all、uh, coal power businesses, but when China has enough sufficient funding, but the funding doesn't translate into the coal power project in operation in the、uh, power grid, that would be a big economic efficiency issue, right? So, but we cannot only rely on one. And source, ah,、uh, one data source. We have to compare, but it's what a pity is that we cannot have access to the official or or the governmental ah、uh, database about the China's overseas coal investment. Ah,、uh, yeah, that that's something we we really look forward to. That's a stunning result. I mean, if you see more than fifty projects since twenty fourteen till now, that only one. Projects has been operating, so that's a stunning result. That's like um only two percent of total they are operating. So, as you said, I mean the economics efficiency that's a huge issue. Um, so what happened to the the other fifty one projects? I mean, if the money has been invested already, so who will kind of clean up the mess? Ah,、uh, who will continue to invest? If there's no continuous investment from local government of other financiers, so what will happen to the projects? What what will happen to the investments made already?、Um, so if we look at the Economist's new <laughs> newly published、um, article, so there's one piece for sure. I mean on China and climate change, and the general trend to summarize,、uh, coal peaked at twenty fifteen in terms of the. Overseas investment from the Chinese banks, and then declined to close to zero in this July, meaning two months ago. And renewable energy peaked at around twenty nineteen. Then also, they showed the declining trend sharply, a sharp decline, mainly I think due to the pandemic. But still, by the end of July. Renewable energy still have five billion dollars remaining investment from China, so they use the data from Fudan University,、um, and this will lead to the issue. So is China banning overseas investment on coal because of、uh, it's a natural cause? I mean, it's a natural process due to the pandemic, due to the economics of coal power、uh, overseas. Or is there any other reasons? And also, does it mean similar trend is happening in China domestically? So the economists also express their concerns on the domestic coal consumption, and they also throw out one major question in China's commitment on climate policy at COP twenty six, which is at the corner. Will China enhance say? Their carbon peaking year from the current twenty thirty by twenty thirty to kind of an earlier year like twenty twenty five, 
And the answer is not sure. Domestic coal use reduction, especially from coal power, steel sector and cement sector, is a major driving force, I think, for, for whether China could pick early or accordingly make a more ambitious long-term or middle-term climate commitments. China's domestic coal consumption and other heavy industry-related energy consumption will be the determinant factor about China's early picking. So let's move on to look at specifically about the domestic coal power consumption. The coal investments have steadily declined from their peak in 2013-14. At the same time, however, coal investment has seen a relatively resurgence uh, in the recent years. So moving from 15% of the coal-related investment in 2018 to about 27% in 2020. In last year, 2020, the scale of a coal-fired power plant in China According to China Electricity Council, which is an industrial data publisher and analysis organization, the coal power capacity is about 1,245 gigawatts, accounting about 57% of the capacity of the power sector. Its generation is about more than 5,000 billion kilowatt hours, accounting for the uh, 68% of the total uh, power generation and it, the annual growth for the capacity and the generation uh, are 4.7% and 2.5% respectively. So if coal power capacity keeps uh, 1200 gigawatts until China reaches coal emission peaking like between 2025 to 2030, I think China will have very challenging pathway ahead to phase out coal power. So that's why I mentioned in the beginning that domestic coal use is the elephant in the room. That's right. A policy package is being made which includes a top-level guiding document and multi-sector specific roadmaps. We mentioned steel sector, we mentioned cement sector. So, so that will be a guiding document, a kind of overarching climate change roadmap, it's so-called one plus N policy framework, according to China's special climate envoy, Mr. Xi Jinping. So, all right, let's move our focus from China to our neighboring countries. What will be the impacts of China's new move to Japan and South Korea? Since they are both the big financiers of energy projects in Southeast Asia and Africa. I just read from China Dialogue that since 2013, China, Japan, and South Korea, the three East Asian countries, they have contributed more than 95% of all global public financing for coal power projects outside their border. So China is the largest among the three, supplying around 50 billion US dollars that accounts for about 56 gigawatt of total installed capacity in the world. So the biggest three overseas coal financiers, including uh, China, Japan, and South Korea, is very close East Asian neighbors. But the other two countries, I mean, Japan and South Korea, already say already said no to overseas coal investment 
in April and May twenty twenty one. So China has felt the peer pressure,、uh, if you like, in this field, to offer a cleaner and climate-friendly energy supplying for the developing countries in the region, particularly the Southeast Asia and the South Asia countries. I think the future competition among the three economic powerhouses、uh, will focus on low-carbon technologies. That's right. The moving away from Co-financing overseas might give them a second thought on how to develop the low carbon technologies. So apart from wind and solar PV, do you think CCS, a carbon capture and utilization and storage, will play a part in helping countries in the region like Vietnam and Indonesia, which they still have a big share of coal power to reduce their Carbon emissions in the power sector. I mean, using、uh, CCS to capture or using、uh, wind and solar PV to、uh, substitute the use of、uh, fossil fuel power. Yeah, you just、uh, ask a very important question.、Um, from very practical sense, thinking about this issue, I、uh, think it's it's true. I mean, CCS is quite important for the countries who still. Have high shared energy source from coal. According to the U.S. Energy Information Administration, in the power sector, coal still play a big role in these countries. For example, in Philippines, coal and gas, natural gas, account for sixty-eight percent of the power generation in two thousand and nineteen. And in Vietnam, in two thousand twenty. Uh, coal power、uh, generates about twenty five percent of the electricity, and in the other country, Indonesia, I mean, in the top five populous country in the world,、uh, and also Indonesia exports huge amounts of the coal to China、uh, and other、uh, neighboring countries, including Japan and the Philippines. Indonesia. Use coal to generate about sixty-two percent of its power consumption in twenty twenty. So you can see how those countries in the region、uh, depend on the coal、uh, usage in in their energy system. So without CCS, it's hard to say、uh, for those lower income countries to、uh, phase out coal in the quicker、uh, phase. So China has even bigger challenge, as I mentioned,、uh, more than one thousand gigawatt of the coal power capacity, and also after carbon emission peak, China has to think about how to reduce the coal use,、uh, how how to、uh, reduce the coal capacity from more than one thousand gigawatts, and I think the CCS definitely has a role in in these countries. That's right. It's a costly. Solution. I mean, before the newly announcement of the overseas co-financing ending, kind of a move. Um, but I think now CCS will be uh in the spotlight because I mean, if the newly the new kind of uh coal-fired power plants, uh will become a history for some countries and regions, and how to deal with the legacy. Coal-fired power plants. I mean, their and their emissions will be a focus in the future. Yeah, just one final point on this issue to add 
is about the potential competition within the countries. I mean, you know, China and Japan. At least we know there are some、uh, pilot、uh, demonstration projects about CCS connecting with coal power and other fossil fuel use. I don't think、uh, South Korea would like to lag behind、uh, in 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 terms of the economic and the technological competition. So these three technological and economic powerhouses, they will try their best to grasp this technology and try to help themselves to reduce the coal consumption. Maybe not Japan, but definitely South Korea and China. And they also use they want to use the technology to make more money, right? They want to <laughs> explore the technology to to the other countries. So maybe in the next stage,、uh, CCS、uh, as a new、uh, area. Of、uh, mitigating the climate change will become quite interesting、uh, place to to watch among the three countries in terms of the industrial and the technological competition. That's a good point to make. Um, so lastly, let's look at what might happen before Glasgow, the COP twenty six. Yeah, let's talk about the Glasgow. There are only five weeks before UN climate change negotiations start in Glasgow, Scotland. Many observers、uh, may ask the question: Whether China will announce a more ambitious climate target, such as early peak of carbon emissions, say 2025, or have announcement of stopping investing new coal power from 2022 onwards? Yes, we mentioned the 2025, the early peaking of carbon emissions.、Um, I think nobody can answer that one for sure. Let's just wait and see.、Uh, maybe China's leaders on climate will surprise us. And other than that, there are very promising expectations for sure. Um, there will be more policy exchanges on NDCs, which is nationally determined contributions under the Paris Agreement. I think countries will begin to submit their updates of NDC. And begin to submit the long-term strategy under the Paris Agreement before the COP. So on twenty ninth of September, there will be a report launched by IEA, International Energy Agency, which is about China's carbon neutrality roadmap. So IEA has published out a roadmap report, net zero by twenty fifty in May this year. Maybe you know this. We call it a really important a milestone report on carbon neutrality and net zero emission pathways. So one of the most interesting conclu- conclusion in that report is that the world have to stop investing in new coal, oil, and natural gas projects from twenty twenty one onwards. It sounds very radical to many nations, particularly China. Let's see what this upcoming report on China's carbon. Neutral roadmap may tell us. Yes, we will definitely keep an eye on this China's carbon neutrality roadmap report launched by IEA. So hope we will have a discussion on the report next week. This draws the conclusion on our discussion today. Hope you enjoy our episode. If any questions,、uh, you are welcome to contact us via email info at rei. dot org dot cn, or you can find us at LinkedIn by searching REI Rock Environment and Energy Institute. We wish our listeners stay well and healthy. 
see you next time. See you next time. Bye bye.